0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position.
1: What is up, Rotaviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me at SalitoFF and my co-host at Matt Jones, TFR, and TJ Calkins as well. We are here once again to lead you through the main slate and help you find your way into the green. It's week four, guys, and we are for the first time facing the reality of canceled football games due to positive COVID tests. The talk now is to push that game back to Monday and possibly as far back as Tuesday. It would be the first Tuesday night game since 2010 when the Vikings and Eagles were moved due to a major blizzard in Philly. Uh, in all likelihood, this game will be removed from the main slate, so we will remove it from the show tonight. And in only other really good news, guys, we don't have the Jets and Broncos on the main slate. This week. What's up, fellas? How was your week three? uh
2: next question. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Not that I'm telling you though most of my ladders, man just had uh read Deontay died, and then it was like, you know, I, I had to be perfect otherwise. So no good for me. What about you, Matt?
0: Yeah, just uh I got darnolded uh with Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> And uh and Deontay uh died on the field. So that was that was just about that. I had both of them in every lineup that I built. So not a not a great
1: week. <laughs> yeah, it's been that type of year where we have that just all caps play as T J calls it, the guy that's a for sure thing, but they take that early injury and it just craters a lineup. So uh we gotta we find wait,
2: out. I have a hundred X this week, so
1: say that again I'm sorry we're
2: waiting for you to drop in with well, i won 100x last week
1: oh no um, I, I, I I won cash cash games were okay this week but uh nothing to speak of in, in tournaments just some cash and some cash showdown stuff as well but nothing nothing to pay the bills with this week just uh just to break even but uh, guys we have a nice semi-full slate since we lost the game and uh let's jump right in with the Indianapolis Colts Coming to Chicago at a 44-and-a-half total on this game. But guys, we lost Paris Campbell. Speaking of players that created a lineup for me two weeks ago, we lost Paris Campbell. Uh, we now lost Michael Pittman, who we thought might step in and see some good action. That leaves us with T.Y. Hilton at, at a nice $5,300 price tag, but he's not really been the T.Y. Hilton we were hoping for. And does Zach Pascal get the juices flowing at all at 4400 Matt?
0: I mean, I guess as, I guess as much as Zach Vasco could ever uh, make any juices flow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I hadn't hadn't really uh, hadn't really thought much about it to be honest. I mean, I think realistically he's gonna be like not owned at all, and I guess that's that's a good thing. Um, but there may be a reason that he's not going to be that owned. So I don't know, unless, unless I'm missing, uh, something glaring here, TJ.
2: No, you're not missing anything glaring. Um, like on your side where you're making, you know, between one and 10 lineups, I don't know if either of those guys are going to crack your build. And if they do, it's going to be like one of the 10, uh, for MME purposes, I, I believe both 100% have to be in the build. But if you're going over 15% on either one, I think you're uh, you're off the deep end on that.
1: Well, and that brings me to Moali Cox, who checks in at $3,900. And I think that of all the receivers on the uh, Indianapolis Colts, that's the guy you should be looking to squeeze to the sub lineups back to back weeks with touchdowns. I'm sorry, one week with a touchdown, but the week before he had a 100 yard game which which uh gave him a nice total and the coach came out and said that he regardless of who's back healthy in that offense he has earned the right to see more touches so I, I believe he'll continue to see plenty of action especially downfield and in the red zone area but let's go across the way to the Chicago side Tariq Cohen Torres ACL uh that David Montgomery comes at at $5,500 but the Colts are just one of the best defenses in the league overall this year, and they top three stopping a run. So I, I don't expect to be getting Montgomery in. But um, is there anybody on the Chicago side this week, TJ, or is this just something you want to stay away from?
2: Um, Montgomery's a guy you still have to play uh, when you're making a build. I mean, he, he's not a cash player or anything like that. But man, I'll tell you what. We, we had Nick Foles doing his his best Jesus, raising Lazarus from the dead. a eh? Rob lives, man. It was a beautiful thing to see last week, and I'm pretty sure this carries over. Uh, he got peppered, and A-Rob was actually good still, uh, hashtag actually good at football. And I am going to honestly keep playing him until – well, I'm just going to keep playing him all year long. Nope. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, that's it, and I, I – I, I know it feels kind of gross, but I think Foles is in play too at fifty seven hundred.
0: Yeah, is I'm. It, I'm for it. sure. I'm for sure trying to get uh, a Robin like we. I think I, I think TJ and I really uh, really bonded over our uh, Allen Robinson love uh, through the first four weeks of the season here. Um, and look, I mean, he's he's just he just gets a ton of work like he's he's fifth in uh expected points receiving uh he's really never had uh even like a, a serviceable quarterback and in chicago he's eight of his 15 starts have finished with at least 20 DraftKings points um which all things considered i think is uh is pretty impressive for what he's had to deal with um so yeah i'm i'm definitely interested in uh in robinson this week and just real quick, going back to uh, going back to Mo Ali Cox, uh, I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, Establish the run. Mike Leone put out a um, like a, a targets per route versus routes per team drop back, and Mo Ali Cox was like one of the one of the poster children of like if they slightly bu- bump up his usage, like he's he's getting targeted so much, uh, but he's just not when he's actually running routes, but he's just not running enough routes right now. So if they do really prioritize, uh, you know, getting him out uh, in space and running routes, I think that we're going to see, like, a a true blow-up game. Like, that game two weeks ago was great, like, 111 yards on on six targets. But, like, we could see, you know, if he scores a couple of touchdowns, we could see, like, a slate-breaking game from him uh, in the near future.
2: So you're projecting a quarterback change in there? (laughs) <laughs> um, listen guys, guys all, all jokes aside uh, well actually not all jokes aside because i was coming in to ask a question that's mostly a joke but is bortles still the best quarterback a rob's ever played with
0: hard to argue uh hard, um, hard to argue otherwise
1: wow so far so good and now uh, we might see bortles in, in week five it doesn't look like he's gonna make the appearance in week four it's just not enough time to get acclimated with the offense but in play for week five, guys, before we move on from this game, uh, there was another receiver of sorts, another tight end who rose from the dead last week with two touchdowns and Jimmy Graham, and he checks in at a nice $3,800 price tag. Uh, he's a guy you got to also in in uh, multi-entry, TJ. You got to consider him. No, you don't.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you remember last week. Uh we actually, I brought up Jimmy Graham. I, I pointed out, is Atlanta that team like Arizona last year, where you just plug and yeah. play the tight end every single week, and then we just laughed it off like, no, it's Jimmy Graham. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't play him, but I did. Know, I did it, play it, him. Did you really? That's I, amazing. I really That's did. So I awesome.
1: did play it. I did. Not not in a lot of liners, but uh, in at least at least two. The first thing I looked at when I looked at this
2: week's slate was, who does Atlanta play? What tight end can I stream? And I was sad to realize it, you know, it was a Monday night game, but uh, we will be able to smash Tanya and showdown and maybe even go crazy on Sternberger to see if we can get lucky
1: there. But hey, Mercedes Lewis caught a touchdown last week. Don't be funny <clears> old man, uh, what,
2: did, did he get a second target or was that his
1: only one? <laughs> I, think to... have, okay. I think that might have All been right. it. All right, guys, let's move over to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Going to LA to face the Chargers. Uh, guys, right before we came on tonight, I got a notification that it looks like Leonard Fournette is going to miss this game. So right off the bat, does that uh Matt's eyebrows went up? What does that mean for Ronald Jones? He was already still out touching and outperforming uh last week. Uh, Matt, you want to get Ronald Jones at the some lineups?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's cousin Ronald right there. We gotta we gotta make sure we uh we show some love there. Uh, I did. I did not. Uh, I did not see that. Um, I'm very excited. I I wrote Ronald Jones up. You know, prior uh, even thinking that Leonard Fournette was playing. So if he's not playing, then that's just uh, he. He'll probably be in all my lineups. Like 4,700 for the work that he was seeing was already silly. Uh, even in you know, somewhat of a shared uh, backfield, in my opinion. And now with that, yeah, just uh, just do it.
1: Yeah, so that's something just to keep an eye on, guys. Keep Keep your eye on those injury reports daily because, yeah, that was seconds before we came on while we were waiting for the big man to come in with his pants on. <laughs> <laughs> also injured and banged up for the Buccaneers, Godwin looks like he's going to miss at least this week, but most likely two to three weeks or more. And uh, listen, Scotty Miller's got a hamstring issue. Watson practiced, but he slowed by a shoulder injury. Mike Evans – had one catch for a touchdown week one. He had two catches for two yards or two touchdowns last week. He had a nice 100-yard game in between there with a touchdown. The man's catching touchdowns. The yardage has not come out we like, but is, is this a ball-up spot, $6,400? It's respectable for a guy at like Mike Evans' talent with, with Godwin out of the way. We're getting Mike Evans back in the lineups this week.
0: He had like a, a Jerome Bettis uh, stat line last week, but he was a
1: receiver. <laughs> He's the Jordan Howard of wide receivers this year. Oh, oh. That's Millis, just <laughs> uh All right, guys. TJ, right. guys. As far as
2: Evans goes, no, I, I don't want to attack this Chargers secondary with anyone, uh, let, let alone a player I think is very good at football, which is an Evans. You know, I mean, he's he serves his purpose. He's not terrible, but he's he's not what people try to make him out to be for the last five years, and we we see that he needs these short yardage touchdowns to really actually make an impact on a game. I mean, I would not be shocked in the least if Watson outscored Evans this week, but I don't think any of them score real points. This is a game I put an extra. I said, I want nothing to do with it. Not a single player in it when I went through it. Uh, Where are you at, Matt?
0: Uh, Yeah, I I don't really see myself uh, going crazy. And trying to get Evans in just because there's quite a few plays in that uh, in that like mid to low six k range um, that I just feel feel stronger about. So uh, if he was cheaper, I think you could probably make a better argument. But uh, sixty four hundred is still kind of on the cusp of like you're saying if even if he you know gets six or seven targets, which would be more than last week it's still a stretch for him to to really provide a lot of value given the matchup and everything else uh, that we've seen so far this year.
1: Yeah, and right in this same game at $6,500 is Keenan Allen, who has seen a resurgence with Justin Herbert at quarterback. 29 targets in two games with Justin Herbert. Uh, so he's a guy you got to consider because the volume is there. And and Austin Eckler as well. Uh, They both had 30-plus point games. He saw 11 targets last week himself, Austin Eckler. So probably a guy that people were not in on last week after the disappointing week before, but uh, he seems to be back, and uh, Josh Kelly took a little bit of a step back. So uh, seeing as we are not that thrilled about this game, let's move over to Dallas going to Cleveland. Well, guys, we, we don't often see the games that we expect to be the explosive games live up to be the explosive games, and that was Dallas and Seattle last week. If you didn't have major parts of that game, you didn't win. It's just that simple. And now Dallas goes to Cleveland. And, eh, you know, I, does does Cleveland have the ability to keep up with this Dallas offense? And if they don't, does the Dallas offense continue to put up numbers like they've done the last couple of weeks fighting for their life? So if Dallas isn't fighting to the death, are we gonna see the big games out of the three wide receivers? Listen, last week the pivot play was Gallup, that worked out perfectly. If you if you decide to pivot off a of lamb and go to Gallup, you got paid. But Gallup shot up over six grand this week and Lamb stayed at fifty four hundred dollars. So TJ, we're going back to C D Lamb this week.
2: No, I don't think I'm gonna play Lamb. Uh, I mean. You, you, you're not fading Lamb in MME, but uh, he's not going to be like a priority play for me. Uh, I think the guy that's actually underperformed from what I've seen, or not underperformed, but just has been close to a smash game and hasn't gotten there is Mari Cooper. And this is a spot where, okay. you know, Denzel Ward sucks. So like the, 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 that secondary, the secondary here in Cleveland, it's an absolute joke. And I, I just, I mean, with the price difference from Gallup, it's a no-brainer to go to Cooper. But the question you asked, Sal, if they are not trying to keep pace with an offense that just is outpacing them from the beginning, it's gonna be Zeke that smashes. But someone on Dallas is going to absolutely smash. So yeah, we're we're gonna play the shit out of Dallas. Where are you at, Matt?
0: Yeah, I uh, I I definitely tend to agree. It's interesting this uh, this game in general, looking at the at the pace tool in road Roto, at Rotoviz, uh, really sort of projects across the board whether you're looking at neutral script or just just in general uh, their pace so far this year. this projects to be the the quickest pace game on the slate. but like you're saying this, I think this is probably a game that plays a lot differently than the other uh, cowboys games so far this year. so that might be uh, that might be a, a slight slight miss slightly misleading. Um, but I'm definitely trying to get Zeke uh, in a lot of places. I think he's obviously going to be uh, going to be pretty chalky. But when it when everything sort of settles out, like Alvin Kamara could be twice as owned as him. Um, so, uh, you know, and just two hundred dollars, uh, two hundred dollars more. So uh, I, I really do feel like I need to uh, get Zeke in a ton of lineups. I think he had like did he have 12 targets last week or something stupid. Like it was it was a lot. He had almost as many targets as <laughs> as Gary's.
2: Yeah, I believe he led the team. And I think you just have correlation spots here where I, I think you take a game script where, you know, Cowboys neutral or Cowboys leading, you got Zeke, and then you can just roll with OBJ or just leverage that with Landry. Yeah. I mean Landry feels gross, I know. You know, I don't I don't think <laughs> he's the top four targets in a game, he hasn't produced at all. But I this could be the spot where if Dallas is the one putting it on the Browns, and they have to throw. But on the other side of the coin, if Chubb keeps doing what he's doing, and I'm not sure there's a team in the league that can stop him uh, as long as that opportunity continues to come, well, then Cooper and the pass catchers in the deck are the correlation plays with Chubb.
1: And uh, important to note that Kareem Hunt was held out of practice on Wednesday with a groin issue, which would mean more Chubb. So, again, follow that coming up the game time.
2: What a smash coming for Chubb if uh, if Kareem doesn't play. There, are guys, I mean, that if Chalk, ahead. it would be a chalky one. Like you know, <laughs> make no mistake, it would become a chalky one. But yeah,
1: but sometimes you got to be on that chalk so you don't get left behind. Fifty eight hundred dollars for OBJ. He's going to have a blow up week at some point, and while that price is reasonable. You might want to get him in a lineup this week chasing those Cowboy points, Matt. I
0: don't know. I think, he, I think he misses Eli. I don't know.
1: Oh, boy. Maybe. You think he writes to him and sends <laughs> him notes?
0: He definitely has a diary somewhere uh, where he writes. I don't know if he sends the letters to Eli, but he's definitely writing hypothetical letters in his diary to, to Eli at some point.
2: Matt, I'm telling you right now, you could brainstorm from right now until we record this pod next week thinking of ways to insult baker mayfield none would be worse than that
0: <laughs> and i'm i'm a i, I love baker but uh, it's just like it's just so funny to me that like everybody just spent you know the last few years dunking on eli and like obj can't do anything with anybody else for whatever reason it's just very strange um but for for uh for Beckham like he's actually seen the sixth highest uh target share in the league among wide receivers the problem is that they're just not running. Uh, they're just not, you know, between not running as many plays and just being way more run heavy uh, than league average. It's just it's kind of killing the killing the vibe there for raw totals.
2: They might need this type of matchup just to pick up the pace. Yeah, and I mean it
0: truly can happen yeah, in these games. Definitely. So yeah.
1: Uh Seattle and Dallas coming to town could could cure a lot of offenses, having to chase offenses of that magnitude. So and we'll, we'll see that a little bit later in this game when we talk Seattle. Atlanta, too, and Detroit to a degree. Yeah, that Monday night uh, Green Bay-Atlanta game is going to just be another set of fireworks. Whatever the over is, lock it in in that game on Monday night. And expect elite, you know, falling apart from the Atlanta Falcons. They'll probably have a nice two-touchdown lead. Uh, early third quarter in that game. (laughs) Guys, well, speaking of Monday night, Baltimore just absolutely laid an egg on Monday night on national television. What was probably going to be their biggest litmus test of the year. They really want to come out and prove to people we are as good as Kansas City. We're on that level. And we left feeling anything but that. So they go to Washington and they take on a, a, a Washington football team that is dealing with injuries on that offense. They've lost the number two overall pick in Chase Young, as well as some other players uh, Matt, is, is Baltimore on a hole in a smash spot. I mean, Lamar Jackson, obviously the most expensive quarterback on a slate, but is he in a position where he's just going to go off this week?
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you would definitely hope so. If you were, uh, if you were drafting him in season long, that's for sure. Cause he's had a, He's had two QB two games already this year, and he only had three all of last year uh, in in DraftKings scoring. So, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I'm never going to tell people not to play Lamar. It's just a matter of finding that finding that value to pay over eight K for for a quarterback who hasn't quite gotten there. Um, I don't know. It. I think it's fine. I, like, there's pretty obvious stacks that you can play with Lamar. But it's not – I don't really think that I'm going to uh, end up there with one of my, you know, six, seven lineups.
2: Yeah. Paying this price for Lamar, I mean, uh, what is the expectation that you want returned in points for that salary? And if you say less than 40, you're probably aiming too low and should probably find a different quarterback. Um. Like you said, they were exposed in Baltimore. and This isn't a game that's going to fall under the umbrella of what I'm about to say. But when you get ahead of Baltimore, when teams get ahead of Baltimore, Lamar isn't as dangerous. When you kind of know that that balance is going away or at least shifting, Lamar isn't as dangerous. Once you hit him a couple times, he isn't as dangerous. And my God, once you start sacking him and he gets flustered, he's done he's over with he truly gets mentally flustered he checks out and until he gets past that there's going to be games like that and it's going to be it's going to be not pretty and i can't believe that was a home game too uh on the washington side they kind of got dismantled by the browns last week i think they will respond it seems like they want to play for Rivera they didn't give up week 1 down 17 nothing so I think they're going to bounce back at home and play the Ravens tougher than one would think, despite being a far worse football team and losing the game.
1: Matt, are you playing anybody on the on the Washington football team? I, I don't see anything that I want to get in my lineups this week on that side.
0: Yeah, I mean, no,
1: <laughs> it's just pretty much just that simple.
0: It's like you know the the only like. Somewhat option would be would be Terry McLaurin. Uh, and that's just like a complete Hail Mary like pivot play. Uh Terry McLaurin is is basically the new uh is gonna turn into the new Allen Robinson because he's never gonna have a good quarterback either. Uh hold on.
2: Hey, Logan Thomas is in play. He's absolutely in play.
1: Uh well I've played him every week, and this will be the week I don't, which means play him this week. Yeah I mean
2: I, I'm telling you. I I I didn't get a chance to look at the actual expectation for him, but I can tell you it is a behemoth compared to what's actually happened.
1: Well, guys, Pittsburgh and Tennessee would have been up next, and I, I'm kind of sad that we're going to have to skip it because I thought we were going to have an in-depth Khalif Raymond conversation, but that'll have to be saved for week five. Instead, we'll skip over to the Arizona Cardinals who – just absolutely shot themselves in the foot this past week and took a loss heading to Carolina. We have an over 52. This is the first of six over 50 point total games. And most of them are over 54 this week. It's just insane. The numbers on this slate. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins did not practice on Wednesday with a bit of an ankle issue. I have a feeling he's going to play and it's more of a maintenance thing for him. Um, you know his prices is what his price is, but it's he. There's pretty much nobody as consistent as him right now, in in that position. So if you want to get consistency, cash game, you pay up for it. But probably going to look elsewhere. And then you got Andy Isabella, who again didn't see a lot of targets, didn't see big uh, reception totals, but put up two touchdowns. And uh, every time he plays, he seems to do something exciting. If he's gonna get more playing time, Matt, do you expect that to continue?
0: I mean, yeah, I, I think that I think we're bordering on uh, you know, the, the things that that fantasy Twitter latches on to where we're very uh we're very confident that we know better than the coaching staff and uh and that might not be that might not work out for uh for everybody. I, I don't really again like six or seven lineups I, I I don't really see myself landing on a landing on an Isabella play. Um, but I will definitely, I will definitely have some DeAndre. Uh, what are, what are you doing with Drake, TJ?
2: You have to go back to him. You absolutely have to. This offense is too good. He's touched the ball at least 18 times in every single game so far. And now he essentially gets the matchup he want in the league right now for running back. Um, as attractive as Nuke has been and how much he's actually smashed, I think Drake and, well, let's just say there's potentially two running backs in this game that are better plays than Hopkins. Where are you at, Sam?
1: Yeah, I got written here. You, we got to go back. It's the 31st ranked defense against running backs, right? So I think I will be at 6,000. Uh, I believe that was the number on, on Kenya Drake this week. Um, I'll be popping him into some lineups, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I have Mike Davis written down here underneath my Carolina notes, and you said there was two running backs potentially more attractive. So I got to think we're talking about a guy who saw, you know, plenty of carries and absolutely plenty of targets last week. Eight receptions, and and paid off well. His price goes up to fifty seven hundred this week, but still really reasonable for a guy who's going to put up that type of volume and those stats.
0: I think TJ was going to talk about Reggie Bonifant, but go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Please, please have at it. What are you thinking, Sal? Tell him, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, I wasn't sure how they were going to deploy Mike Davis, and it's actually sad for me because I wish this happened six years ago, you know, when he was on all <laughs> my dynasty teams like we talked about. But, hey, here we are. And the, the role is there. You know, he is operating as an actual bell cow. Like you said, the targets were absolutely there in a game they won. So, you know, the target ceiling is unlimited for Mike Davis. So at 5,700, I'm going to play a hell of a lot of them. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I know we have no sample size, but I think he's a fantastic play as well.
1: Unlimited. Did you think there was a chance coming into the year that you would be able to get DJ Moore at $100 cheaper than Mike Davis. <laughs> 2020 what up? A... Are we going to TJ Moore oh, this week guys?
2: I am okay with it. Like I think he's a great leverage playing in tournaments uh and he's not playing the Chargers this week so that's a huge benefit in and of itself. Uh like last week. I don't know, it just hasn't happened yet. Uh I I think in MME, you're irresponsible to exclude him from a build in any given week. Um, I, but I'm kind of dumbfounded that nothing has truly happened for DJ DJ Moore yet this year. What about you, Matt?
0: You know, I I love DJ Moore. I I think he's I think he's actually going to be uh, going to be pretty popular this week. Um, you know, again, this is one of those deals where I'm like, am I really gonna? end up with a ton of him probably not um I I will I'll definitely have more lineups with with Mike Davis than with DJ Moore um but that's just because of how I'm building this week so uh I think I think he's totally fine I think if you're building you know if you're doing like a 20 max you definitely need to uh have a few shares of him but if you're doing three entry max I think it's he's probably uh you know on the bubble there
2: I wanted to touch on Isabella too. Like you said, I mean, I, I, I don't think anything that's happened here is shocking with him. We knew he was super raw with the super high ceiling coming out. We knew exactly what we had. Expect nothing in his rookie year. Expect to jump ahead in in a sophomore season, which is now. If you think he's gonna jump from forty some percent of snaps to eighty some next week, you're wrong. But if you think that role isn't going to continue to steadily grow, you're also wrong. You know, it's just going to be a progression. And don't say this week is the week. We, we don't know which week is the week because the target ceiling just isn't going to be there in the current role. But the player is explosive enough to make it happen on four targets uh, on any given week. So he's just one of those guys where it's hard to exclude, but it's definitely not someone you can trust.
0: Yeah, I think most likely it's probably a, a scenario where his ownership just continues to to grow as his role grows. And, you know, you might not ever really get the, like the, the absolute uh, the blow up game at low ownership, because I think everybody's kind of uh, trying to trying to get on that train before it uh, leaves the station right now. But um, for sure. I mean, he's he's super fun, super fun to watch. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. While their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with contactless delivery drop-off. You can go and get some. Uh, you can get somebody to drop off some Chipotle, some Wendy's, some Cheesecake Factory. Uh, but the good thing is that you also have a bunch of uh, local restaurants that are open for delivery as well that you can uh, you can find on the app. Uh, so make sure you check out DoorDash. They have a very easy to use app. Right now, our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the app and enter code blue wire. That's five dollars off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Next up, we got, we got Pepsi back on the show, guys. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism, that's that would be the bucket that, uh, that I fall under, or commitment, uh, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, obviously, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether you're sitting on your couch waiting for Sam Darnold to become elite, or you are looking for that Tom Brady pass to Gronk in a Bucs uniform, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. And our final sponsor is another one that we should all be familiar with, Online. The wait is finally over, football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. They are going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag that's blue wire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts
1: all right let's jump right back into the rest of these games and so we have the the new orleans saints the disappointing so far uh, new orleans saints going to detroit this is one of those over 54 games i was talking about last last game and uh Listen, they're disappointed because Michael Thomas has been out. He was limited at practice today, but practicing I wouldn't get hope that he makes it onto the field this week, but that does lead you to maybe get excited for week five. Um, listen, Kamara comes in at $8,000, but what Kamara puts up when Michael Thomas is out of the lineup is is 40-point games. It's, it's insane. Um, he's easily the best player on the field, regardless of who's on the field with him lately, and uh, man, as a cash player, it, do you have to find a way to get Kamara into your lineups? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, eight thousand is silly. Like we're we're talking about. He is the he's the only running back in the league with uh, thirty rushes and thirty targets. Uh, he's fourth in red zone opportunities right now, and he's eight thousand dollars. Like, I, I I don't know what I don't really know what DraftKings is doing leaving him at 8k. Um, like what is the argument for making the most expensive running back $8,000 even? I, I I don't, I'll never get it. Um, but you know, he's, he's probably going to be like 60% owned in a lot of the double ups. Uh, so if you're, if you're willing to, if you're willing to fade, you could get some serious leverage, but, uh, in, in cash, I'm, I'm not willing to do so. Uh, TJ, what are how are you handling Kamara in uh, your your larger builds? Well,
2: it'll help if Michael Thomas plays because then I can get away from being overexposed. But if he doesn't play, you can't get away from being overexposed. It just there, there, there's just no way to go about it. And you said sixty percent. I think that might be a low estimate, man. I I, I think he's just going to be the must-have player, and you'd be absolutely right in thinking so. I. Sal, you got any reason to I mean ownership is there any reason when you take as a whole to kind of stay away from Kamara this week?
1: No, he's the best running back and wide receiver on the team right now. He's he's both. There's just no reason you're getting you're getting both players in one player. So if you split that in half, you're getting up for four grand a piece. It's a solid deal. Well, let's let's exp- let's explore the other weapons on an offense. This game is obviously expected to be a shootout, or at least be carried by the Saints. But listen, Detroit went in and beat Arizona last week, and they have weapons. Galladay is back; he stepped right in. Uh, but is there anybody else on the New Orleans side you want to get in this week? Is is Manny Sanders? He's not consistent enough, in my opinion. But. Um, what about Traquan? What about Harris? They, but if that Harris could just get a few more targets, man, he he's an exciting player. What do you think, TJ? There's a player I want you to mention him yet, though. Is he? Does uh, he play tight end? He
2: does, in fact. <laughs> and we're hoping Jerry Cook sits out this week to get us a twenty five hundred Troutman. That is Adam Troutman for those hearing the name for the first time. Uh, third round rookie for the Saints. Uh, a lot of Zach Ertz to his game, shifty just finds the open spot. So uh, we're looking at a Detroit team that we don't know how good or bad they are against tight ends, seeing as they're, uh they've been tasked with Jimmy Graham, Robert Tanyan, and Dan Ardle to this point in the season. So, Runners yeah, oh, they'll get you. <laughs> so uh, twenty five hundred, I will have ownership. Uh, we need to see Cook out first. But uh, he could be a slate breaker. I mean, uh, it, I, I know that kind of sounds sensational, but uh, Troutman at 2,500 could be a slate breaker. Not, not because of ownership, but just kind of completely differentiate lineups when he smashes.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not getting tips like that anywhere else. As, is, long, is... as
0: long as he doesn't run more than uh, three and a half yards downfield, maybe uh, maybe Brees can uh, reach him. <laughs>
2: I mean he is definitely out I mean what's the term here like out kicking the coverage he's just out running his quarterback's noodle or <laughs> I mean,
1: out distancing the noodle that will be the term I think we should go with. well guys let's let's slip over to the Detroit side and Matt Stafford's interesting to me this week $5,800 uh the Saints are the 28th ranked Defense against quarterbacks in fantasy this year. They've given up 22 and a half, 26 and a half and 27. One of those was the Derek Carr, for God's sakes. I mean, they've given a plus 22 and a half to everybody in three games. And I think Stafford's just so reasonably priced that it might be a guy you have to get in the lineups this week. Nobody wants it. Uh, I, I, hey, yeah, I know. I'm
2: good. I like this game. I'm completely good with it. I'm absolutely on Stafford, sub 6K. Uh, we haven't seen him put up a huge statistical game yet. So we don't know. I, I mean, I guess we just don't truly know uh, what to expect. But Galladay being back is certainly going to help. Uh, New Orleans, which is. Out of character for them compared to past seasons has not been fantastic against tight ends so far this year. So, Hawkinson could be in play as well. So, we'll see on that. I definitely will play a little, but I'm just never going overboard there. But my favorite player on the Detroit side is Galladay. He only had seven targets last week, I believe. I think he caught six of them. Yeah. uh, Almost hit 20 DK. So, a lot of room for growth there, really. I mean – especially in this matchup that we just saw all pro Alan Lazard um, smash. So what about you, Matt?
0: Yeah. And, and it's worth also noting that Galladay didn't, uh, didn't play his, you know, typical 95% of snaps, obviously working his way back. Uh, He was in for 49 of the 62 uh, plays. So even, even if he just, Plays his full complement of snaps. Just by virtue of that, he probably gets nine targets in a game like that last week.
1: Yeah, and to further TJ's point, four tight end touchdowns given up this year by the New Orleans Saints, and those are the four individual players that caught those those touchdowns. So uh, maybe we get TJ Hawkinson and a little Jesse James action this week. In fact, you know what, Jesse James, sit on the bench. I have a lot of TJ Hawkinson in season long, and I need better output. So that that'll bring us over to Cincinnati going to Jacksonville 48.5. Okay, it's not as exciting as the over 50s, but the number is not bad. Uh guys, I, I did it last week. I foolishly went back to AJ Green one more time based on the the volume he was seeing in the air yards, and and it just it, it cratered some lineups for me. Uh is it time to move on to the younger, cheaper, more exciting T Higgins? At $4,500.
2: No, just I'm going to keep playing Boyd. Yeah, That's, that's what time it is. It, it, it's definitely Boyd time. And, that, and that's it. And in this matchup, um, for for the Cincinnati side, uh, the only other bangle I am going to play, I'm, I, I might splash T a, a little bit, but the only other bangle I actually want to play is Mixon. And I know that sounds weird right now. I know he is not. Put out the output, but the role is there. And I guess we've reached a point in the year where we have to remind everyone what's happened through three weeks is not a lot to continue to happen for the remainder of the season.
0: How dare I, you?
2: I know, right? It's just an insane thought. <laughs> but we, we we have players on the other side of this game, too, that, that's going to play into. Like, Mixon isn't an exceptional play by any means, but he's not someone I'm going to exclude from my build.
1: Matt, maybe a little true Sample, a little Drew Sample, thirty five hundred. First, the twenty eighth ranked tight end defense.
0: I've uh, I've squeezed all the juice I can out of Drew Sample when he was like four hundred bucks on that showdown slate. So I'm not a uh, I'm not getting greedy. <laughs> it appears we he's trying to get production out of Drew to so, you know,
2: sixty <laughs> yeah. one passes for him to hit.
0: For yeah, him to get like two catches.
1: He's not <laughs> a a pass catching tight end. It's the bottom. It's the bottom one. He's a he's a he's a pass blocker. Yeah, no but just
0: just give me give me every little bit of Tyler Boyd. Uh, I, I like how can you how can you like in good faith if you're Joe Burrow look at game tape from the first few weeks of the season and be like, nah, I forget Tyler Boyd. I really need to uh, I really need to throw to AJ Green's corpse a few more times this week.
1: <laughs> so sad and so bad. Huh, on, the, on the other side. Gardner Minshew came crashing back to earth on Thursday night. You know what I think I saw on Thursday night was a guy who started believing the press clippings, right? It was the first two weeks. He's They're not going to have to tank. They don't need to worry about tanking for Trevor. And he started believing in himself a little bit too much. And you want to believe in yourself, but you don't want to get overconfident. And I don't think he played uh, very well at all in that primetime game. So he's not a guy I think we look to. At all. The other guy who just keeps coming out and doing it and being consistent is James Robinson. But the price is coming up. He's at sixty five hundred dollars. Now he's he's sandwiched hundred below Jonathan Taylor and a hundred above Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh but this is the twenty-seventh ranked running back defense in fantasy this year. So uh TJ is, is there a reason why you would steer away from Robinson this week?
2: Uh not completely steer away, but just going back to the same point in this game, just through three weeks, I I don't know that you can trust James Robinson to be this surefire RB1 on a weekly basis. Uh, couple, just looking ahead, we're going to see Rockwell armstead back, which is going to be a problem uh, for Robinson's workloads. But last week you, you mentioned Minshew. I think a young quarterback like this that doesn't have the job security well, they generally have a security blanket, a player on the field that makes them feel better about their own game. And for me, for Gardner Minshew, that player is DJ Chark. And being without him, you could truly see a massive difference uh, yeah. throughout the game in Minshew. And I I think Chark is back this week. And I don't think he'll be owned at all. I think Robinson will be very popular. And I think there's going to be a lot of leverage in playing Chark over Robinson here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously Robinson, uh, got a ton of work and will theoretically continue to do so, but like, it's just, it's a real tough sell to pay like almost a thousand dollars, uh, more than Mike Davis. Like just, just play Mike Davis. He's, he's getting the same workload. Um, and, and, you know, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna be just fine also. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on Chark. I think that he's a really good leverage play. I'll probably put him in two of my three entry max teams this week um, and and just completely avoid Robinson uh, entirely. And we, I mean, I'd be remiss uh, if if I wasn't going to mention the uh, revenge game in this uh, this particular game. Little, little Tyler Eifert, little my SFBX uh, <laughs> final, final pick.
1: You got him in the last round, last pick.
0: He, he's my tight end one. Yeah.
1: It, it's really? Wow! Nice. That's a tight end premium went, league. I, I went went
0: went for the went for the record on latest tight end taken. Took him like twenty two oh six or whatever it was.
2: You a- got it, man. Praise the Lord for that. Josh Oliver injury, and I just—I'll meet my microphone now, so nothing.
1: <laughs> well, let's move over to the Houston Texans heading to Minnesota. This this game was also almost uh, canceled this week, or suspended, or pushed back, but they were able to find no positive tests with Minnesota, and we were able to carry on. So. This is a 54.5 total uh, in this game. We we didn't really get to enjoy super cheap Justin Jefferson before he jumped from 4200 to 5200 after his ball game. Uh, I'm just disappointed that I think a lot of us who play Dynasty, TJ, uh, we knew about Justin Jefferson, and we thought that he would come right in at the beginning of the year and be that guy. And for some reason he was behind B.C. Johnson and – as soon as they took the cuffs off of him and let him go, he exploded. So at 5,200, I don't know that uh, we see a repeat of last week. But he's firmly entrenched in this offense at, at this point.
2: Oh, I, I, I'm not same page there, Sal. I, I haven't been. Um, he's always
1: smarter than me, this TJ. Oh, he's better. At, I'm he's not. He's better at Dynasty speed. Oh, no, me too. no. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, I didn't say smarter. I, I just said not same page on Jefferson. I actually, uh, the shares I drafted uh, were pre-draft, and then I traded him away after he landed in Minnesota. I believe he needs to play the slot full-time to truly be effective uh, consistently. And I don't think that's going to happen until Thielen is no longer in Minnesota. So I think we saw a glimpse last week of what he can do, and I think he still has a very high ceiling as a player. But uh, I'm thinking back to season two of Game of Thrones after uh, the battle on the Blackwater. After, uh, after, after Brown lights, lights a wildfire and Stannis says uh, something like, oh, he can only play his trick once. And I think Justin Jefferson coming out of nowhere last week is kind of that trick coming out of nowhere. And he, they can only play it once. I think he's going to get a little more attention going forward. I don't want to play him, despite this game having a real shootout appeal. What about you, Matt on Jeff- on Jefferson?
0: Yeah, I mean the the price jump alone is is probably enough for me to just be like, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm probably good on that. Like he's what is it, fifty two hundred? So he's he's around some guys that you you could probably make a, a case for uh, you know them having a much higher ceiling. Like he's he's only four hundred dollars less than DJ Moore. Like I I think I'll probably just end up finding the four hundred dollars and playing DJ Moore over him. Like those kinds of decisions I feel like are uh, are, are pretty easy to make this week. So I'm I'm probably not going to play a ton of Jefferson, but um, if you really feel strongly that this game uh, you know, shoots out and goes, goes over or approaches this total, uh, if you, if you just play him and, and correlate it with, you know, Fuller or Cooks, uh, like, theoretically, that's, that's like how I would probably attack this game. Like, I'm obviously not playing Kirk Cousins, um, cause it's Kirk Cousins and, uh, it just depends. Like if you, if you want to get Watson, in with Fuller or Cooks and run it back with Jefferson. I think that's okay if you feel strongly about this going over, but I I have a hard time seeing them actually put together like a, like a 60 combined points in this game. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't see the number in this game either. It's kind of high considering Minnesota finally found their way to some offense last week. And there's no guarantee that they're, that they're just instantly healed. Uh, but I, I do like this thing as the get-right week for the Houston Texans offense. Um David Johnson at 5,600, eh, I'm not excited over him, but I, I think he'll have a good game. Not the type of player I think I'm going to have in there, but I, I like the passing offense this week. I like Watson specifically and, and Fuller. I might be jaded on Fuller. You know, when he when that goose egg a couple of weeks ago really – Killed a couple lineups I had I, a lineup that was set to cash going to the four o'clock, except him and Mike Williams both decided not to show up and killed me that week, but untargeted
2: yeah. in that game, which is even more forgivable. Yeah. It's not even him just untargeted.
1: Yeah. I, I think I've actually put a, a tweet out there. You, you can't get mad at a guy who can't catch what's not thrown to him that week, but um yeah. And here I am getting mad at him. So look at me. Can't take my <laughs> own advice. Uh, Anything in this game before we move on?
2: Yeah, yeah. And if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm game planning for Minnesota right now, I'm not sure I would run the ball once until I had a 28-point lead. You just set up max protect schemes, two go routes, let your receivers beat this horrific secondary deep like any and everyone can uh, did you say something about Khalif Raymond? So, yes. so, yeah. Okay. All right. So it, it really is egregious, and that's why I love Will Fuller in this game. I think he can absolutely pull one of his massive 40-burgers out in this matchup, and I don't think Minnesota is equipped on the back end to stop effective deep passing, and I'm not sure they will be and OCs that attack it will will be rewarded for it.
1: Okay, TJ, you won me over. I'm putting them back in this week.
2: Yeah, buddy. I hate Fuller, generally speaking. I mean, in comparison to other people, but I'm definitely playing them this week.
1: Oh, let's go to the game. That Here's another one where the total's at 54, and that's 100% based on Seattle uh, as they head to Miami to play the Dolphins. Listen, I, I enjoy watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play as much as anybody because – There's nobody having as much fun right now in the NFL as Ryan Fitzpatrick. But he's actually had back-to-back good games, back-to-back 20-plus point games. And he is going against the worst pass defense in the NFL right now. And it's just an absolute track meet every time Seattle takes the field. So are we getting – not necessarily right if it's Patrick on our liners, but uh, Devontae Parker and, and Preston Williams. I mean, Preston Williams is at $4,500. Found the end zone last week. The, the totals elsewhere weren't big, but the Seahawks are giving up 73.2 fantasy points to wide receivers on a weekly basis. The next closest team is Dallas at 49. So 20-plus points more than the next closest team. That seems bad. Matt, that's not good.
0: I'm not a numbers guy, but that seems that seems pretty poor.
1: You want to get one of those two guys in your lineup, maybe an Isaiah Ford?
0: <laughs> yeah, just just lock lock in Isaiah Ford and Cash, obviously. Um, no, I think I think uh, I think you could play you could play Parker, um, you know, as as sort of like a, a run back option if you're if you're stacking Seattle, which you probably should be considering. Uh, stacking Seattle. Um, what are TJ? What are you doing with uh, with Gaskin though? That's that's what I'm. Uh, that's my decision point right now at five K.
2: You have to play him uh, so in some capacity. Uh, just the, the target volume alone is just utterly insane. Now, what was his market share uh, the past week or two? Do you know offhand?
0: Uh, no, I can look it up though.
2: Uh, I I feel like. Fitzpatrick, especially last week, only threw the ball, what, 20-some times? And I felt I felt like he was as involved, or if not more involved, than every pass catcher. And like you said, Parker is absolutely in play against the Seahawks. Ford and Williams, I mean, it it, it feels gross, but in the matchup, I, I mean, if you're playing in an MME and you're not sprinkling in 5% to 10%, just... I mean, for the ceilings at those prices, I I, I don't think you're doing it correctly. But uh, especially considering that they're going to have to keep pace with a quarterback that is averaging, I believe it was 1.7 DK points per pass attempt. It's insane. I mean, he's averaging 26 passes a game and doing this and. He hasn't been below 34 DK this year. I don't know if they're letting Russ cook or if it's just that they're letting him throw the ball more than once in the first quarter this year, but the volume isn't there and he's still smashing. Lockett and DK are going to continue to smash as long as uh, Russ is uh, attempting forward passes. This game should be a very friendly one.
1: Yeah. Friendly to say the least, and yeah, um, I mean,
2: to I, I'm I'm looking at the the total overall. I feel like there's six games on the slate that are very friendly, but this is probably going to be the most popular one, and it may be the best fade leverage, but probably the least chance of success.
0: Yeah, real quick, Gaskin is eight at eighteen percent over the last two weeks, and uh, I I agree with you. I think it's, I just looked it up. Seattle is like tied for the sixth highest pass rate in the first quarter but like overall not really uh not really that high kind of just in the middle 3rd there. not really not really cooking as much as we've been led to believe (laughs)
2: let Russ cook early and then let the game get close instead of (laughs) let the game stay close then let Russ cook so they just changed the order of things this year
0: yeah exactly they just they um... just hit shuffle
1: uh, well, the only only other news to add is that Chris Carson uh, looks better than they thought as far as playing this week, and that doesn't mean you want to put him in any lineups. But at least it gets the best running back on the team, back on the field, and helps to create a little bit of balance for the offense. Not that they really have much balance. I'm sorry, who's the best running back on that team? Did I make a mistake, TJ? He comes off Pup Week 7,
2: then he'll take over. I
1: mean, it doesn't help this week, <laughs> but he
2: will be back to Week 7.
1: Well, I mean, healthy run. I'm not. I didn't. I was. I didn't know Sean Petty was going to make an appearance in Week Four on the on the NFL. Never too.
2: Never too early if I'm on, buddy.
1: (laughs) All right, guys. Let's move along to the late games. The Los Angeles Rams head to New York to play the very sorry and sad (sighs) New York Giants. You know, guys. Dying into my microphone. I do a Thursday night preview show with the with the other guys that I host the Fantasy Football Funhouse with. And I did it alone this week because neither one of them could make it. So it was literally a 10-minute preview because it's the Broncos and the Jets. But what I did ask people was the Jets are the lowest scoring team in the NFL at 37. The Broncos are the third lowest at 45. Guess who's number two? The New York Giants at 38. 37 and 38. The Jets and Giants have scored 37 and 38 freaking points. Through three games, it is disgusting what's going on in New York, Matt.
0: I uh, just, they're, just, I just, they're gonna lose by like maybe thirty.
1: It's a minus thirteen for the Rams in this game. Just right off the top, um, are we playing anybody for the Giants? Is there, uh, is there a Darius Slayton chasing points type of play in this game? Is there Evan Ingram chasing points? I, I haven't gotten boy, i got so much of an in so many leagues, but I want that. I know the talent is there. Why am I not seeing? It's going to happen. I, I mean, that's all I can say. He's
2: actually healthy and it's not happening, so that might be the biggest shocker of 2020, considering everything that's happening. Well, that's a statement. But, I, I mean, they're going to continue to get destroyed every week. This team is awful, but they have a guy that – is absolutely a one-on-one winner, and the volume isn't there, the production isn't there. Ingram is the only guy I want to look at here for the Giants, but even then, it just feels gross until you see it. You know, wait till next week. I don't know. What about you, Matt?
0: Yeah, no, I mean Daniel Jones is just unbearable. Uh he, Like he's he's the problem. Like if you if you had a a replacement level. Uh, you know a, a, a 9 year old playing Madden as the quarterback like Evan Ingram would see 14 targets a week and uh and Daniel Jones just can't quite figure it out so um yeah i have i have no i have no expectation that this game is going to be uh remotely close what is it a, a 4 405 game or whatever by by 438 this game is going to be over so just, uh, just be ready for it. It's just a matter of who scores the three touchdowns for the Rams this week. That's really the only question.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Cooper Cup was back. He had a nice uh, bounce back game, his best game of the year. He, he comes in at sixty seven hundred dollars, and there's there's TJ's Bobby Trees that's still sixty three hundred, still cheaper, still getting as much, if not more, volume and producing. Uh, similar or better numbers on a weekly basis. Uh, another week where he had three carries. I think he went for 30 yards this week. So that's back-to-back weeks with three carries yep. on top of the, the short game planning passes that they have for him. So just keep going back to the woods. There's no reason to go to the cup when you could get the better player for cheaper. And, you still want cup in games they're
2: losing, as we saw last week. Yeah, you know when they have to catch up, you you want cup, but but that, that this isn't one of those games.
1: <laughs> yeah, this yeah. what well. That, that, then let's turn to the running backs. And uh, Henderson looked really damn good, and he got a lot of touches. It, it, it feels like a trap <laughs> for me to to get excited and play him. Uh, but is there a reason we should? Is there a reason we shouldn't, Matt? Get Daryl Henderson into the lineup, yes.
0: Just- just play, just play every Ram, uh, that, that you've heard of pretty much. Um, no, I think, I think he's, he's good. It's, uh, it was interesting to see his, you know, he really only played about half of the, of the snaps. Um, but he touched the ball almost every single time he was on the field. He played 34 snaps and got 23 opportunities. Um, like they're they're they clearly were riding him last week and it's it would be hard to argue against that based on how he played. So um yeah, I think you can I think you can play Henderson. I think he'll probably be lower uh lower owned than he probably should be. And um I think like I said, I think you could do I really like all jokes aside, I really think you can just play as many Rams as you want in a lineup and maybe go Ingram on the way back and feel feel pretty good about your ceiling. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely playing some Rams both as an emotional hedge and because of actual uh, analysis.
2: <laughs> I think you have to see acres out before you can put Henderson in anywhere though. And we, yeah, that's we won't know that for a fact until Friday night.
1: Yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Plenty of, plenty of injuries on this slate that have to be monitored right up until the last possible chance that you can get people in the lineup so it can make a big difference. And for those of you who set lineups and then don't go back and change them when this stuff happens, thank you. Thank you to uh, everybody. Matt 13
0: Jones on (laughs) DraftKings.
1: Direct send. Um, (laughs) All right, guys. So if, if that game's over by 438, that means I get to pay more attention to my Las Vegas Raiders who, hey, listen, they didn't look great last week, but they competed. You know what I'm more impressed about them is, the defense really isn't that bad. It's not that bad. They they didn't they didn't get embarrassed by New England, and I expect expected to lose to New Orleans. I expect to get embarrassed by New England. So uh, they welcome Buffalo this week, a, a team, an offense that listen. I gave up on Josh Allen last week. I said, nah, he's not going to do it this week. This is the week to go away from him. He he's every bit as reliable as, as Russell Wilson at this point. I mean, it, the thirty plus point games all three weeks. He gets it done through the air. He gets it done with his legs. And, you know, when that game started to slip away from them last week after the big lead, he had to throw to, to get back again and, and to win that game. So, uh, I guess Josh Allen is just another one of those guys that you should be working into lineups on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah, I just I, – I there there has to be. There has to be a vintage, uh, a vintage Josh Allen <laughs> game coming for us soon. It's working. Um Otherwise, otherwise, I really don't know what what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do because it's uh, it's it's very hard to see a seventy three hundred dollar Josh Allen and think that it's actually a good play. But it is kind of um, <laughs> TJ. What the? I mean, the bigger the bigger issue is like what. Do you really feel confident, like, stacking him in more than one way? Like, you can't really get too creative with the stack. So that kind of limits the uh, the enticement for me. What about, what about you, TJ? I,
2: I mean, wholly limited. One stack option, yeah. that's the end of it. I mean, what would be more surprising if Josh Allen threw two pick sixes against the Raiders' defense? Or if he didn't throw two pick sixes against the Raiders defense, <laughs> you know, like you mentioned the vintage game. I mean, he, he obviously has made strides, you know, uh, it was a player. We coming out, we saw him, you know, well, I guess the toolbox has something. But, you know, right now he sucks. And I mean, that was the general consensus uh, on draft day. He's made big strides this year. He made big strides over last year. I mean, I still can't get the visions of that damn playoff game out of my head, but that's either here nor there right now. Uh, After Burkhead's game last week on the Buffalo side, I have a little bit of interest in Singletary. Uh, He's seen a few targets. I believe he has a seven-target game and a Mm five-target game. I know Moss is back this week, so that's that's less interesting. I don't know, just on the road, It, it, it just feels not right. Uh, you're the Raider fan, Sal. How should I feel about Allen and company?
1: Um, I expect I expect Allen to have. Maybe it's not going to be a 30-plus point game, but it's going to be an easy mid-20s. So maybe this isn't the week you want to go to him because you could probably get in a similar pricing area. Listen, the game after this with Cam Newton, you could get for cheaper. You could get Cam Newton. That's a guy I'm interested in this week. So for DraftKings purposes, maybe I go away from Allen again this week, I like to keep an eye on Gabriel Davis with John Brown. Hurt, uh, he showed up at thirty-two hundred dollars, four for eighty-one. He uh, he was a uh, mediocrely talked about draft pick this year. Not one of the high high uh, wide receivers, but definitely a wide receiver of note. Um, over on the Raider side, talking of rookie wide receivers, they're all banged up. Uh, we we finally got some nice targets, and Edwards, I believe, has already been ruled out. Hugs is uh, hugs. Henry Ruggs. I'm just gonna call him Hugs because I that's what I want to do. Give him, give him a hug. He he's questionable, but you know, trending towards not playing. It makes more sense to let these young guys sit out and get healthy. But that brings a very intriguing Hunter Renfro at forty six hundred dollars against the twenty fourth ranked defense against wide receivers. Listen, Hunter Renfro has been underestimated his entire life everywhere he's been and everywhere he's played and all he has done is produce and make big plays and big moments and he had a very nice uh game last week and I think he's a guy I'm going to go to this week at 4600 TJ
2: oh you absolutely have to and he was he was fine last week you know he's a guy in the slot that can avoid a guy like Gilmore he's going to avoid a guy like Trey White this week in this matchup so there's absolutely no reason not to go to him I just I think there's an equally sound play in Waller on the writer's side. So I, I definitely don't want to use both. I'm not going to use Derek Carr ever. So I'm not using both in the same lineup. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's just as simple as I, I'm going to play Renfro, but I'm going to play more
0: Waller. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, if you can, here we go. If you can, if you can fade this guy, you, you just have to do it. <laughs> like the the substitute high school math teacher uh at forty six hundred or whatever um now but <laughs> I think I think he's fine uh, I do agree with you I think this is this is a decent week uh to to try and get Waller in to some builds um fifty two hundred just feels kind of weird like it's less than Higby he's right around Gusecki and Hawkinson like those guys are probably uh probably all have a similar range of outcomes um and you know he's he's a little bit cheaper than than uh, than Higby, so I think they're fine. I'm not like going crazy trying to get uh, too much exposure to Derek Carr, though. So
2: we don't we don't fight too much on the show. But saying those guys have a similar range of outcomes to Waller after his week two, I think is a little uh, something I can't agree with. Let's just put it that way.
0: I mean, Waller has had how many duds in the last year? He had one in the last week.
2: That's okay. Uh, that, that's that's all these that matters, and that's going to make people stay away from them. And I, the I, I'm going
1: to that recency bias is ever present on the on the daily DFS podcast. If you were going to pick one NFL wide receiver whose picture you could put up would, would fit in perfectly as a fourth member of this podcast, it would have been Hunter Renfro. It almost looked like he was here with us. I was ready for him to start talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, we've been a little long-winded, so let's wrap this show up with the last game on the slate and that is the ever dominant Kansas City Chiefs heading to New England our last game at 54 over on this game. Listen, my my favorite play probably in this game is uh is Hardman at $4300. Uh I just feel like they after, after watching him get in there this week and on the few plays that he's actually playing and what he could do. They have to realize he should be a bigger part of this offense And at $4,300 for us. I think I got to take a shot at him in some places this week, Matt.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not uh you're not going to talk me out of, out of playing McColl. um I, Yeah. I think, you know, it's all, it's all the usual stuff with the chiefs. Like you can, this is like the polar opposite of the bills, right? Like you can, you can stack the chiefs like seven different ways and feel pretty confident about it. So um, whatever, whatever you feel strongly about with the chiefs, I think is probably a, probably a good play as long as it doesn't involve like Darwin Thompson or something.
1: Mm-hmm. I would, I would be scared to have Sammy Watkins because if you watch that game, every time he caught the ball, as soon as somebody got near him, he dropped to the ground, which I guess it's a survive in advanced mode, but I think that he is so worried about being reconcussed that he does not want to take any hit, let alone a big hit. So he's, he, for me, he's ready to leave a game at any minute, but I I know I cut you off there, TJ. So that was,
0: that was super relatable, by the way, that's exactly how I would play football. (laughs) You know, who
2: doesn't play that way? Hunter Renfro. (laughs)
1: I just thought spilled yeah. water <laughs> all over my computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: you guys are going to think I'm off the rails. It, it, yes, every piece, every real piece on the KC offense is in play. Uh, but, so you mentioned Cam earlier. I think my favorite play on the Chiefs side is the defense at home. The way they blitz, I think they are just going to go kamikaze on Cam and make him think throw and throw to the wrong team especially if edelman doesn't play or he's completely limited i I just have i i can never get that last cam game in carolina where he, he couldn't move and he just had to be a pocket passer i think kansas city is just gonna go kamikaze blitz like they did last week maybe even more so create turnovers but the KC defense is going to be my highest owned defense uh, on the slate this week.
1: That's an interesting take. I, I, you know, it's again, I, I won't lie that a, I come here on a weekly basis to get educated. I mean, you guys are good at what you do and, and that's a really uh, good point that you put out there. I, I, you know, I dropped them in a league last week where I had to pick up Cleveland's defense of all things uh, because I didn't want to play them against Baltimore. It was a big week for me there. So um, I might have to hit the waivers and see if Kansas City's still out there based on that that TJ take. Matt, what do you think about that? I had Cam down. Cam at sixty four hundred dollars Omar did run for eighty three yards on Monday night, but he only passed for ninety seven. Uh, but is that well, true? Yeah, he passed for ninety seven <laughs> yards in that game and ran for eighty three. I knew it was uh, low.
0: I didn't know it was that. I didn't know it was double digits low.
1: Uh, but Cam is not Lamar anymore, right? I mean, he can't run like Lamar does. He's not going to pull it down and, and run through this. So I don't expect the 83 yards. But I thought there was some rushing upside. But I, I, TJ makes an excellent point, man.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean i I don't think I've paid more than 2,100 for a defense yet this year. Uh, and I probably probably won't start this week. But definitely, definitely a compelling case for uh, for Kansas City and look if if that's the way the game plays out then obviously uh then obviously cam isn't going to be in play but if if kansas city jumps out to a lead and you know new england can function uh cam having to play catch up can only be uh you know a positive for him so uh he's not somebody that i'm playing and i i don't really i don't really love uh love playing the the Patriots too too often in general this year uh, just based on their speed and uh, you know how they're distributing the ball but um, yeah I I, I kind of disagree with what uh with what TJ was saying
1: Wow what a different week this week with you two guys i gonna have to we're gonna have to you know regroup next week and get along a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> Guys, any final things about this game?
2: Well, that's it so. just i'll just expand one tiny bit this is a weird spot where i could see like a fantastic lineup having both cam and the kcd <laughs> <laughs> like you know just something that shouldn't make sense but then when it happens you know it's i don't know i, I i've seen a turnover uh the last two weeks at least i don't think he turned it over week one but um just seeing, I, I think they're just going to go oh, a lot of zero coverage and just say, "Hey, if you beat us, you beat
1: us." Yeah. All right, guys. This has been the On the Daily DFS podcast for RotoViz. You can catch us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. For me, for Matt, and for TJ, we hope to see you one week from now, and we hope to see you in the green.